Get a pick, D. Now Goff with three to the left. Takes the snap. Harmon out of blitz. Goff throws it to the right. Gilmore's there. Intercepted at the four. Harmon forced the pick. And Gilmore comes up with it. You knew the kid was going to crack, and he did there. And what a play by Gilmore. Intercepted. VIP listeners, you are now on the mark. This is our Super Bowl 53 post-game show. We're bringing it to you a few days after the big game because we wanted to let emotions simmer down. We wanted to let a lot of the big wigs out there spew their opinions. And we wanted to give everybody a chance to take a step back, a step away from the game, and kind of reevaluate what they thought of the game. Now on this episode, we're going to be talking about some of those Super Bowl commercials and what we're kind of behind that. We're going to be talking about the game itself and how our predictions played out. And we're going to be talking about the perspective of fans here in Philly and New York regarding this Super Bowl. Something to keep in mind, this Super Bowl had the lowest ratings since the Cardinals and Steelers matchup, which I found pretty surprising. There was a lot of other somewhat controversial things around the big game that we're going to fully break down on this Super Bowl post-game show. Now, Benny, I enjoyed the game, and I think in an era, the ultimate offensive era of football, to have the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time was really Ironic and cool for me because you know me. I'm a fan of trench warfare and I'm a friend uh, a fan of defense Yeah, I actually think the game was very good, but I don't know <laughs> if it was the most entertaining game right, You know what I mean? Like yes. that's the thing. No, and I get that and I think when you hear people say Ah, oh, the game sucked. Oh, Super Bowls should be uh, bigger or Super Bowl should be better than that. That's almost like terminology for, hey, I don't know football that well. Hey, I don't know the history of Super Bowls that well. Totally. You know, because Super, every Super Bowl used to be either a route, mm-hmm. very one-sided. Not every Super Bowl is like a, a Broadway or movie uh, theatrical. Sure. This is sports. These are real men competing. This isn't the WWE. This isn't a staged event. Yeah, and the last few years, especially the majority of the last decade of Super Bowls, have been very good. So you need to sprinkle in a few... uh, Clunkers. Yeah, I've been calling it the Forgettable. Yeah, the Forgettables. I like that. Yeah, the Forgettable. Oh, the Forgettable, yeah. And there have been a couple of them. Yeah. You know, uh, Colts Bears was a Forgettable. Um, The uh, Denver-Seattle, Forgettable. Absolutely. You know, so there's a few of them, and... You go through history, a lot of these games were blowouts, gang. To expect every Super Bowl to be a big-time, drama-filled, theatrical-style ending, it's outrageous, and it doesn't make sense. 
Now, before we jump right into the game, I want to touch on the huge disappointment of the Super Bowl commercials. Now, I'm a big media guy. I like co good commercial content. And a lot of people know the Super Bowl and are intrigued by the Super Bowl because of those awesome commercials. This year, the commercials absolutely sucked. And there's a reason behind that. These companies, these organizations are scared to death of the Twitter mob and the politically correct mob out there. They do not want to hear any backlash. They do not want to be torn to shreds on Twitter and wherever else. Their commercials that they put out are big investments and they don't want to essentially pay the price in two ways for that big investment. Mm -hmm. I, I saw a Toyota commercial where they made up a fake female football player to prove a point that anybody can accomplish anything. Now, for a person like myself who does believe that people can accomplish anything they set their mind to, even with that demeanor and that outlook that I already have, this commercial was a disgrace and a joke and a whole new level of quote-unquote woke. Mm -hmm. It was embarrassing. Okay. That's strong. They invented a make-believe female football player mm -hmm. to prove a point that anybody could do anything. You're not telling me there's not real-life situations of individuals that would be more that would be more recognizable and more inspirational inspirational that they could have used i could even say that it's kind of like a mockery of women because like you're saying they're going so over the top on purpose yeah it's like almost a, like an undercover joke why do they like them succeeding in their own sports isn't good enough yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. So it's yeah. Undermining, undermining their own sports. Yes, there it is, man. And I didn't even go that deep with it. Yeah, that commercial is actually more offensive towards women than it is inspirational. If you look at deep into because it, yeah. Because frankly, Benny, we know a lot of women. Yeah. And I haven't ever heard one of them that told me one day, at one point in her life, she aspired to... To be a football player. I follow one girl, Becca Longo, on Instagram. She's a kicker in okay. college okay. or something like that. And we all know people even say this about men. Not even. People do say this about men. Kickers are not football players. Yeah. I mean, they're mental midgets. <laughs> uh, one on Sunday cost Tony Nick Jr. $100,000. Oh, no my exaggeration. Lord. My Lord. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back into that one in a little bit. But listen, if anything, fine. Let there be a girl kicker, but don't don't make it a mockery where yeah. she's this unbelievable star football were, player because that's never going to happen. Right. And I was considering getting a Toyota for my next car. I will not now. Wow. You're I, one of those people? See, I don't care well, about I, I any of that know. stuff. I, I didn't boycott Nike. Um, I didn't boycott the NFL, clearly. The, like the people that always were like, oh, I'm not ordering from Domino's. Why? I love Domino's. Uh, My favorite something chain about anti abortion 
Well, that's not people, good. But stuff. I, I get, uh, yeah. You know, right, but yeah. even so, I'm like, so who cares what the CEO does with his money? Right. So, like, how far are you going to take that? Looking at every other company, it's like Seinfeld with the abortion thing. I can't well, believe you're just saying this. Yeah. Because I was just about to transition, and you see, I'm not lying. I wrote it down on the top of my notepad. Yes. I've been getting a natural high riding around in my car, extremely low on gas. That's funny. I feel like it's free money or something. Yeah. Like I would have normally filled up by now. Okay, that's I'm funny. I'm so low on gas, and I'm just driving around, and I'm really like seeing, pushing it, seeing how far I could take it. That's funny because I, I'm not necessarily enjoying it as much, but I'm certainly getting more lenient with my car. In terms of running low on gas? Yes. I can now, instead of taking one trip take a few yes and you it's know it's like free money yes and if it pops up on the way home so who cares if it was the very beginning of the ride on the way home right yeah i'm waiting for that to bite me and you in the ass one right day. now it's kind of interesting we're on all this vehicle related stuff because my favorite commercial but i found it outrageous and almost hard to believe was and chargers head coach anthony lynn with the first responders he was thanking them he mm. didn't know these were the same first responders yeah. that saved his life. Mm -hmm. He claimed in the commercial that he was ejected from his car and was 50 to 60 feet in the air. That seems high, but... Uh, yeah. I think he probably had it wrong and meant he traveled the distance of 50 or 60 feet in the air. Yeah, okay, that would make... I mean, 50, 60 feet, that's where, you know... Talking Superman and Iron Man flying. No, I'm just thinking, what was he riding in one of those airplanes with the ejector seat? Yeah. Like, have you ever seen the fighter pilots I mean, where they I have to go out and it just ejects them straight I up? I can't stop envisioning this fit NFL head coach flying 50, 60 feet in the air. Yeah, now I can't picture him not ejecto seating out of there and softly landing with like a parachute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable. But he was in tears in that commercial. And it, you could tell it was genuine and it wasn't scripted. Oh, yeah. And uh, I actually liked that commercial a lot. But, Benny, the moral of the story here, this is just another amazing example of that PC culture tearing down things we liked in society. Sure. Well, I had uh, four takes I'll give you from the commercials, ones I liked and takes. And I'm going to run with that PC thing. Because did you notice there were two beer commercials? I think I saw almost the entire thing. There yeah, weren't no, many beer commercials. And no dilly dilly. No dilly dilly. I did love my first point about how the Bud Light teamed up with Game of Thrones. Yeah. For a little thing. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Having said that, beer companies were trying to win me on PC things. The one was talking about no corn syrup. Yeah, you, like hipster things. Yes, and the other one was talking about, what was it? Something stupid as shit. Either way, very PC bullshit. It, it, it was very odd that okay. they were trying to win me on things that literally don't matter whatsoever to the beer. I did also want to bring up Jim Nance was on a commercial one of those like believe you can be anything or whatever and his little thing at the end where he's on tv and he's talking to the kid that you know won all of these different awards and all these sports or whatever I, it, it was kind of goofily motivating if that makes sense it was so over the top kind of scripted that it was kind of you can picture jim nance saying that in your everyday life pumping you up okay 
Fair enough. I lo- I'm, a, I'm a Jim Nance guy. We need to, as a society, knock down this PC culture. And big organizations and companies need to stop giving any credence to the Twitter mob. If Twitter ran the world, the NBA would be the most popular sport, which it isn't. The ratings suck. And Hillary Clinton would be president, which she isn't. So Twitter opinions are essentially meaningless in real-world activity. And organizations and companies, I truly believe, need to stop folding and bending the knee to these outrageous, biased opinions. For all we know, half the Twitter stuff, um, in terms of retweets and favorites, is totally inflated. Totally. And now I remember exactly what that beer ad was. They wanted to win me on the fact that they are now powered by windmills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah it's, I'm not surprised. I'm, now I remember that commercial. That's uh, it's all like hipster stuff. They're trying to get hip. Because hipsters aren't going to drink their generic light beers. That's the funny thing. Generic yeah. uh, light beers are for regular working middle yep. class Americans. They're losing out on the hipster the crowd. The hipsters do the craft brews. Who like the, the IPAs. IPAs. Yeah. So they're trying to get them. Yes. Um, it's just that simple. That's how sick these marketing people go. We need we need more guys like John Hamm for Mad Men. We need more marketing geniuses like that today. Totally. And the one last one that I liked was the, uh, I don't even know what it was for, but with all the old NFL players hitting each other. That was yeah. a good one, too. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Okay, cool. So, gang. Something here at On The Mark we are extremely proud of. Benny and myself picked these games through the really the entirety of the playoffs at a pretty efficient level. Definitely. And we really hammered it home on championship weekend. And then we one-upped that. And we hammered it home in a big way on our Super Bowl preview show and the Super Bowl preview blog. Mm-hmm. Benny, we've kind of cons- had the consensus that Edelman would be a fantastic Super Bowl MVP choice. I mean, yeah, we were all over that. And he was brilliant. And honestly, it looked like from the get-go, the way they came, the way the game started, the way Edelman was getting those 10, 12-yard chunk plays, you start seeing in the first quarter... Okay, this kid has a chance to get MVP. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked up how Edelman-dependent that offense is going to be. It was even more than we thought. Yep, no question about it. Gronk played wonderfully as well. Absolutely. Saved his best for last. Yeah. The Patriots' defense was impressive. That was a little thing we disagreed on subtly. It's not that you were saying you didn't think the Patriots' defense mm-hmm. was capable. But let's be honest. When we did our rundown, and I said I I would rock with the Patriots defense, and you said you would go with the Rams defense. Let's be honest, they both played great. Yeah, they did. So so like that gives credence to what we're doing over here. Absolutely. And then the kickers was the only other one we were split on, mm-hmm. and I said, well, I would go with Greg the Leg, and you would go with um, Goskowski. Yeah. Because of the experience, and he had a down year last year, and or down Super Bowl last year, and. Koskowski missed one to open up, but still made his extra point and another field goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Greg the Leg opened up and made a long kick mm-hmm. and then missed one at the end. Yeah. But once again, 
proved that was almost like a true toss-up mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, you know, we were on both sides of it. Once again, giving credence to what we're kind of picking here. Absolutely. The Patriots outcoached the Rams. It was so Absolutely. damn obvious and evident. Wasn't even close, man, in terms of scheme and all. That was a fun game to watch if you like trying to solve a puzzle. Because mm-hmm. that's what those offenses were really doing. Wade Phillips drew up a hell of a defensive game plan for the Rams as well. Yeah, he did. But at the same time, while they were getting pressure on Brady, I always felt the Patriots could have scored more than they were. And it's not necessarily saying that they weren't trying to score. It was just that they were holding in their bag of tricks some things that they knew were definitely going to work for when they needed them. And the Rams just weren't scoring to the point that the Patriots weren't pulling out their tricks yet. Right. You know, Benny, I just love the Patriots' defense going into this game because Sean McVay, although talented, he's at a disadvantage of 33 years with Bill Belichick. Yeah. And Jared Goff, as impressive as he is at times, to me, is equally unimpressive at times. And with his lack of seeing the Patriots in his first three years, I knew they were going to rattle his cage. And Benny... One of the most impressive things in the history of this show, me calling that dream killer interception when the Rams were going in for the tie with about four minutes to play. Yeah, you were right on that. And like you said, Bill Belichick has 33 years on top of him, which is double Sean McVay's age. He also has been coaching in the NFL since 1975. Oh, yeah. And that was something we said on the show, Benny. I said, when Sean McVay was born, Bill Belichick was already coaching in the NFL. I mean, come on. Now, look, and we talked about this in the the preview blog. Wade Phillips helped bridge that experience gap. Mm -hmm. And it was a close game, and it was a battle. Definitely. It was trench warfare. Gang, I really hope you start clicking into these big game preview shows and blogs. Honestly, you can get some very, very thorough information out of of this content. Totally. I mean, Bill Belichick was in the NFL for 11 years before Sean McVay was born. Yeah. (laughs) And when Sean McVay was born, okay, the damn damn infant. It's not like he was born into the NFL and, like, immediately start coaching at age three. Seriously. It was like playing catch-up right away. So, actually, the gap, it's not from 33 to 66. It's more than a 33-year-old gap. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm sure you're following what I'm saying. Not folks. to mention, when McVay was born in 86, he was all, Belichick was already the Giants defensive coordinator, right. where he's famous for being and helping them win Super, <laughs> Super Bowls. Bowl, right. So the gap isn't a 33 year gap. No. It's like a closer to a 45 year old gap. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. Funny to break it down like that, but it's dead on balls accurate. Absolutely. And. By the Rams converting, I don't know, one-third down yesterday, and the Patriots keeping the high-powered Rams out of the end zone at a neutral site environment. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable, an unbelievable feat. And to an extent, the Patriots bullied the Rams. I heard, uh, and I said this on the preview show, and I keep hate going back to why I said this, I said that, but the Rams were having silly comments all week. Last night, it came out that they were flustered somewhat throughout the week. 
And then once kickoff happened, once they were in the stadium, how they saw the crowd was so pro-Patriots, that flustered them even more. Benny, what did I harp on about Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters all, all season? That they're head cases. That they're head cases. That infests a locker room, guys. And Todd Gurley, the mysterious case of Todd Insane. Gurley. Maybe he's a head case as well. Insane. We were hoping to hear that he was injured, right, Benny? Because what else could explain that? That's the thing. If, if he, he doesn't have injured, surgery right. this offseason, right. then there's a problem. Yeah, like almost like, hey, we got to get something back for this guy. We'll yeah, trade him. Absolutely, because you just signed him to this monster deal. <laughs> yeah. Now you don't want to play him? Right. I don't know. I mean, I definitely have heard, and it was the reason why I ultimately got myself on the Patriots pretty hard. Yeah. That the Patriots not only felt great all week, but they thought they believed absolutely that these were their best two weeks of practice and preparation all season. And Belichick went easy on them. Yep. How about that? Yeah. He knew he had an experienced, uh, solid group of veteran roster. Mm-hmm. So sure. he went a little easier this time around. Well, easier for Belichick yeah, means yeah. they're not hitting on Saturday before the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. He canceled the walkthrough. Yeah. He, he went easier on them. But... You know, that's just a testament to his greatness. Now, been talking up where we were right. You know, I'll come down on myself. I thought the game was going to go over. Lost that by 40 points. Yeah, you were way off. Is that the biggest, the biggest swing and miss on an over of all time? Like differential, point differential on an over-under of the Super Bowl? Yeah, I can't see there being any chance that it's not because the lowest scoring game before this was 14-7, and that was back in the 80s or something when over-unders were probably only set at about 40. Right, of course. Yeah, 42, 40. Something along there, you know what I mean? So there's no way. I I mean, it's almost kind of funny. I mean, God bless the guy in Vegas who put 200, 250, or whatever it was, on the Rams to only score three points in the game. Right. And walked away with six figures. Right. And uh, so, guys, I'll wear that one. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll let that one be known. And uh, for some reason, I was stupid enough to love heads on this coin toss. Yeah, I to was all over tails. I was bragging at the Super Bowl party I was at about how good I felt about heads. Just on a vibe. Yeah, well. How stupid. What was your line on it? Even money? Yeah. I had... Heads being even money, tails being minus 110, mm-hmm. which is just intriguing. It is cool. It is cool. Uh, the the anthem went over. Well, yeah. Which I mean, we knew was kind of going to happen. Yeah, Gladys Knight. I but, mean, that's not as bad as Alicia Keys redoing the first line of the anthem. and then you, A lot of sports books did it different ways, though. Like, you were given time windows where the song would finish in between. Okay. And some started when the drums got going. Others started when the voice okay. part well, began. We have a VIP insider that actually gives us inside information on the exact time mm-hmm. of that and the first song at halftime. Very Which neat. is usually, by the way, a long shot because the crowd's already up. The crowd's excited. You don't yeah. need to hit them with your yeah. best couple yeah. songs. Yeah. Now, let's just let me say this real quick. We have Jets insider Jay Vosberg, our Jets insider Jay Vosberg, joining us on the show very shortly. Me and Jay shared a great conversation prior to the game, about 15, 20 minutes prior to the game. Um, 
and I'm going to have him clarify something for the VIP listeners regarding that conversation. The fact of the matter is, Benny, that halftime show caught a lot of Twitter mob heat Mm -hmm. to a point where the goofballs at CNN put out a thing today. Why was it okay for Adam Levine of Maroon 5 to take off his shirt? I was thinking that. And it wasn't okay for Janet Jackson. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, everything hey, look, has to be equal if now. They want to ch- if CNN wants to champion tits out at a, at a Super Bowl party and on TV, I'll champion tits out with you. I think but if I champion tits out, yeah. it's called toxic masculinity. If CNN champions tits out, it's called f- uh, femininity. Yeah, I think that they should have uh, censor board. His yeah, titties. Yeah, yeah. That would have been funny. She had a sticker over her tit, if I remember. Yeah. Uh. Well, no, it wasn't a sticker. It was a like a uh, no. It was like a ring that went around the nipple, not like a oh, ring yeah, that went yeah, through you're it. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was like a uh, piece of jewelry centered around the nipple. Uh. I did hear. I was talking to a girl today, who, while she very much talked up Adam Levine as this sex symbol. Yeah. Also made fun of him for when he took his shirt off because he looked stupid the way he was dancing. Yes, he did. And he did. While he's built, he's not built like in a way that he can dance like that. And it made him look bad. And she definitely was like Uh, embarrassed. I totally agree. And I turned to VIP listener Nunzio Franzes and I said to him, man, he looks kind of weird dancing like that. Yeah. I said the same thing. I wasn't overly enthralled with the halftime show. But I'm not one of these goofs that's going to jump on Twitter to complain about Who cares about, about the halftime show? Who cares? I mean, look, it, it's, it was good theater. Sure. I'm sure the people there enjoyed it. Yeah. And if they didn't, they're not, they didn't buy the tickets for the exactly. halftime show. Exactly. My room five's just And playing. the fact that maybe I personally didn't love it, uh-huh. by no means that I hate it, but I personally, I'm not calling for an overhaul mm-hmm. or cancellation of Super Bowl halftime shows going forward. Yeah. And the Twitter mob and the PC mob, they call for an overhaul, mm-hmm. a cancellation. They don't like it, so it can't exist. I'm very frustrated with this culture that when we don't like something, we need a huge overhaul. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or, or a cancellation. Yeah. When did that I don't ever know, man. start? Everything's trying to be smoothed out to perfect. And, that's not and it's ha- never going to happen a- for anything. You please Everybody. 30 people in a room let alone, let alone the whole country let alone 170 million or whatever <laughs> yeah. watch the super bowl benny it's hard to go on vacation with yeah. large groups of people yeah because you can't agree with five six seven people on what you should do exactly that day and that night it's unbelievable that's why people like to travel with maybe just one or two other people with similar interests mm-hmm. and you don't go on the 10 person trip definitely i hear you I mean, this is common sense yeah but i think the media gets off to it because they like to play that divisive role because it helps their ratings. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. Now, to go back to Adam Levine and his taking the shirt off, while that was probably the lock of the night that Adam Levine would take his shirt off, if that bet was out there, bet lock the house up, on lock it. Of the night. Lock it up. But <laughs> how funny was it? I called it about two songs in. I saw the pattern. I was like, 
oh, every song he gets progressively one less piece of clothing. <laughs> and so I was joking with people. I go, oh, there you only has the to algorithm. be, I go, there only has to be two songs left. He could, I was like, unless he's taking his pants off, he's got nowhere else to go. And Benny, let me tell you this. I was yeah. at, I was at uh, VIP listener Franco Chima's beautiful Super Bowl house party. And it was nice because we went to the cigar bar before the game, then back to his house, and mm -hmm. he, he had family there uh, getting set up and everything, and walk, basically walked into the Super Bowl party. It was a really nice day and a really uh, nice get-together for the game. 90% of the people in the house didn't even watch the halftime show. Yeah, Who's going back noise. to put some food on their plate? Yeah. Who's grabbing a drink? Who's using the bathroom? Who's stepping outside to make a phone call? Absolutely. It's time to do other stuff. Twitter reaction isn't the litmus test. No. Let's start talking about Who real life, Who cares about folks. the losers on Twitter? Right. Now, I'm going to transition this thing into the Super Bowl reaction here in Philadelphia and New York. And we're going to keep it in the entertainment industry because we like to do that on the mark. I could not believe the OG Bob Kraft, the Patriots owner, mm -hmm. had Meek Mill perform Dreams and Nightmares, mm. which was the Eagles' Super Bowl well, yeah. anthem. We had to get that. Really? You don't think that... That was predictable. Oh, He's my. buddies with him. I know they're tight. So. I cannot believe Meek Mill agreed to do it. Oh, that. fuck this Meek Mill carry. Yeah, he cares about I'm, Bob I'm Kraft. I'm trying to defend him, guys. What does he care about Philadelphia? He cares about Bob Kraft, bro. I'm trying to defend him. <laughs> uh, hey, let me come in on and debate me on this one. Oh but I guarantee he cares God. more about being friends with Robert uh, Kraft than, he does than the, the city of Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh, and let me just tell you, Bob Kraft, I'd be happy to do the same thing. Yeah, uh, I'd be happy to be your friend more than I care about. No question. I believe Rick Ross came in last year and uh, performed uh, for an Eagles post-Super Bowl celebration. Yeah. It's nothing that's never happened before. Sure. But it struck me. Yeah. I mean, just just a year removed. I think, you know, he must be salty. They took one of his Super Bowls. He thinks that he should have another one. Yeah. So he's going to take your song. But you know that was a jab at them. Definitely. At the Eagles. Oh, yeah. And Meek Mill was all for it. Oh, drunky Bob Kraft. Yeah. Who is slurring every time he gets Dancing on at the Dancing with Cardi B of... the night before the game. I know, but at the end of these Super Bowls at this point, he is wasted. Like, early on, yeah. he was professional, and he was good. Now, he's the old guy that gets wasted yeah. during the game with all these celebrities. He's allowed. And, but, well, he's definitely allowed, <laughs> but now he gets on stage. He's like, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. This is my, what, sixth? Yeah. Well, uh, who knows how many? Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, whatever. It's special. And I love how much he supports Belichick and Brady and is a filter for them. Sure. And almost like a liaison. It's kind of cool. I feel like he's one of these, like, artists, like, actors or musicians that won a lot of awards in their career. So by, like, the 12th Grammy, they can give, like, cool uh, some cool speeches. You know what I mean? You don't have to be thanking everyone now. Everyone got thanked so many times that now you can kind of play it. Absolutely, Fun. absolutely. Bill Belichick and the Patriots and Tom Brady continue to confirm that they are the greatest ever do it, and they are the greatest sports dynasty yeah. of all time. And, okay, I want to make this point also about Belichick and them having fun this year. Because the narrative last year was, oh, nobody has fun over there. The Eagles are bashing them. I'd rather win one ring having fun than all those rings not having fun. Yeah, which is bullshit. Which is total bullshit, but... <laughs> Look how much fun they're having after this one. They make sure that they're enjoying this one. Belichick saying he's going out and partying. All this. It's gonna they're gonna enjoy this one for sure. Okay, now gang, this is a big time segment I wanna get into. Where Jay 
and Jets insider Jay Vosberg will be joining us in just a few. There is some major vitriol in Philadelphia towards from Eagles fans towards the Patriots. Now, being removed from the situation, I don't see a true reason for it. But this is how I'm going to explain it. During Super Bowl Sunday and all the Super Bowl week, I heard a lot of Eagles people saying they weren't interested in the game. Uh, they didn't think it would be a good game. After the game, I and during the game, I heard things like the Eagles would have beat both these teams. Mm -hmm. This game isn't nearly as good as last year. And all those things kind of struck me that there was a hint of hatred and jealousy there. Mm, definitely. Now, the Eagles have been a top-tier NFL organization for the past 20 years. They've won big games. They've been to the big game. They've won their division numerous times. They've won a countless amount of primetime games and important regular season games mm -hmm. they're a well discussed team nationally frankly they're a well respected team nationally they're yeah. always in the conversation to go to the Super Bowl oh yeah even during their down years and mm -hmm. with Chip Kelly who many believe was a total failure as a head coach they still went to the playoffs with a total failure of a head coach in their eyes oh yeah when other teams hire failures as head coaches, they go 2-14. and 14. Mm -hmm. So you've got to keep that in perspective. So the, the, the hatred, the vitriol that I sensed coming from the Eagles fan base, which I understood to an extent because it goes like this. These are rich person problems. Totally. When you're rich, you complain... Oh, the family lawyer's retiring. We need to replace him. Uh, went to Mercedes-Benz. They need to take my car for two weeks, and they didn't have the SUV loaner that I wanted. I got to take another Mercedes. Rich folks complain when they need to change their house cleaners or when their filet mignon wasn't cooked perfectly medium rare. Rich people complain when they're hot tub is on the fritz or their in-ground pool isn't heating up properly. Rich people get upset when their yacht isn't ready to set sail at the beginning of the season or when their jet skis need to be repaired and they can't use them for that big family reunion weekend. This is the same thing going on with Eagles fans right now. They can't stand the Patriots because they saw them in the Super Bowl two times, beating them once. There are fans, countless fans from other teams, that would die to even have got to the big game twice. Would die to see their teams put on special postseason runs and special regular season runs to make the playoffs as much as the Eagles have in the past 20 years. Eagles fans need to take a step back and realize how lucky they are that they've been so relevant during the same years 
as the best dynasty in football, the New England Patriots. With that, I have our On the Mark Jets insider, Jay Vosberg, joining us. And make no bones about it, Jay is one of the strongest Jets fans in all of New York. And nobody has paid the price from Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and the Patriots more than the New York Jets. Benny, fire up the On the Mark hotline. VIP listeners, we now have our On the Mark Jets insider, Jay Vosberg, joining us. Jay, welcome back to the show. This seems like the time of the year where we always bring you on. What would you think of the big game last night? Yeah, Mark, Benny, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. It was basically like every Super Bowl I've seen, just a low-scoring version of the Patriots winning. And, uh, you know, it was a good game. I saw a lot of people thought it wasn't that great, but it was competitive all the way through. Um, Yeah, another season ends, the Patriots holding the trophy. So uh, something I'm a little too familiar with. But I thought it was a good game. Absolutely, I did too. We we both believe that true football fans and true football guys have an admiration of trench warfare, defensive scheme, and a low scoring grind. Yeah, that's that's what I enjoyed, you know, most about it. I mean, it wasn't a fireworks show like the last uh, few Super Bowls have been. Most of the Patriots Super Bowls have been high scoring. Uh, I thought it was a really good chess match kind of game. I thought uh, Wade Phillips was fantastic, and the, the Rams' defense was great. The Patriots' defense was even better. And, uh, yeah, it was a good competitive game. It was almost like an old-school type of game. You know, we're so used to seeing the high score and stuff nowadays. Everybody wants to see, you know, the 34-30, the, you know, the explosion of points. But I thought it was a good uh, it was a good game. And for the first time in a long time, I saw the – you know, a defense really give Brady some problems until he eventually kind of cracked the code there at the end. So uh, that was interesting to see as a, a long time, uh, you know, <clears throat> football fan used to seeing the Patriots kind of do their thing, move the ball up and down and uh, you see the Rams take that away from them. And it to be such a low scoring game was interesting to me, but um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, I did too. And, and it makes some sense because, you know, Marcus Peters and Tlaib out on the edge, they're two bullies. They're going to take guys, those two can take guys away. The defensive line they have is, uh, you know, it's it's probably the best defensive line in the league, really. And uh, it makes sense that they would give the Patriots fits in a day like, on a day like that. But on the same token, the Patriots defense, who is less talented, went up against a more talented Rams offense and kept them out of the damn end zone. And isn't that just a testament to Bill Belichick and that Patriots coaching staff? Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, that Rams, that whole Rams team on paper is loaded. Yes. Um, obviously, a lot of people, you know, people bought into, and the reason why so much money was on New England was because of the infrastructure. You know, it's hard to go against Brady, Belichick, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> I, was, I, was, I was surprised that they gave the Patriots offense as much fits as they did. And then, you know, like I said, I thought Wade Phillips did a great job, and uh, but you can only keep them down for so long. And uh, you know, I, I thought I thought McVay was wasn't very impressive. You know, obviously Wade Phillips runs the defense. I thought he did a hell of a job in the game, but um, I don't know about you, but I thought the Rams' offense they didn't have any wrinkles that you know the Patriots weren't expecting. It, they didn't have any not so much trickery, but they didn't catch them on their heels. They never went fast. Never went no huddle. Goff looked kind of shell shocked a little bit. I was expecting McVay for all the hype about how much of a genius he is. And I, I do believe in him as a coach, but 
I thought he'd have a few a few wrinkles offensively that uh, kind of caught the Patriots off guard. They never seemed to get in any kind of rhythm, and he never seemed to, you know, from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, been able to figure out a way to try to generate some offense there. It was a little surprising to me. Now, while we're on the topic of points and McVay, let me just start with this. Isn't it a testament to John Gruden how the media says, oh, McVay, the next Gruden, this, that, and the other, the next great coach, the great coach, the current great coach. Man, when Gruden got to the Super Bowl, his team put up 40-something. McVay couldn't even get into the end zone. So isn't that testament to, hey, media, let's start pumping the brakes on these proclamations of 33-year-old head coaches? Yeah, man, absolutely. And look, and McVay, had a, he's had a hell of a two years. I mean, I think Goff has been a little exposed here every so often, and for him to take yes. this team as far as they did with Goff, it, it just shows you he is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But, I mean, I mean to hire his his QB coach who has no experience doing anything to head coaching jobs and all the – Zach the Taylor tree, to the Bengals. Yeah, all the tree of coaches just from his, you know, 24 months of success that – you know, ended with a one-and-done last year and a complete dud. And, and the Patriots, like you said, they don't have a ton of talent on defense. I know Belichick and, and Flores did a nice job, but you would think for some whiz kid, you know, next John Gruden would be able to dial up a few, you, you know, a few plays, at least get them in scoring position. It took them three and a half quarters to move the ball. Right. It's, Where was the trickeration? Where was the tempo change? Not I, not even not even, not, not even the trickeration. How about, how about some – some creative formations. How about some misdirection? How about some easy throws? They never had a play that that went start to finish like crisp. You know what I mean? Your featured your featured running back Todd Gurley on the field appearing to be a major liability. Yeah, and not even using him as like a decoy at all. Not even you know he's exactly. on the field. He, they, they, no fear whatsoever. They they didn't get Cooks really. I mean, I know Cooks' stat line was pretty good, but I think he had some meaningless you know catches and yards. I thought after you know I can understand him starting slow. I thought after a little while, the, the whiz kid would be able to uh, put that brain to good use and maybe dial something up to generate some easy yards for his quarterback. Yeah, it just wasn't there for them all day. It was a masterful job uh, by the Patriots coaching staff defensively. Now, Jay, why don't you let the VIP listeners into a, a private conversation we had on the phone just about 15 minutes prior to the big game. What was my betting prediction? What was my prediction regarding the winner and the over-under? So I think we were both we were both feeling good about the Patriots, right? Correct. Um, I think we were both a little off with. <clears throat> I thought there'd be more points, just like I think everybody else did. Yes. Um, you you pretty much nailed it though with the how the game would go, the flow of the game. We both thought the first half would start slow. I admittedly thought the second half would you know be more of a fireworks show than it was, and that never really happened. But I think for the most part, the uh, conversation we had prior to the game, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with how this game would go and uh we basically predicted it from start to finish we, we were both had a good feel for this game um Mo seeing... moments before the game did i express some annoyance regarding my pick on the total and my somewhat change of heart yeah you absolutely did and that's to my point you i thought all week and I, I heard your podcast with benny you know some of the predictions you had and i think you kind of changed it a little bit there toward the conversation we had um yeah, you were a little annoyed at uh, what you thought would happen, but uh, you kind of changed tune a little bit, and I can I can vouch for that before the game. And uh, you were spot on with it, man. You had it, uh, you had it nailed. Maybe something down in Mobile that that tipped you off to this, but no, you know, it's just uh, 
that was the the higher meaning point I wanted to get to. Isn't it funny? Once game time gets close, your spider senses start tingling a little bit, and your your you know things change. Isn't that ironic in some ways? You could be so it, sure about something for two weeks, and then twenty thirty minutes before it's going to take place, you you feel all, so good the other way. All, all that because all the 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 football sense that Sunday sense you get. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. It happens to me with jet games. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I kind of play it out in my head. You know, I think this could happen, that could happen. Come like a half hour, hour before kickoff, it just kind of hits me like it's not going to happen. This is yes, really <laughs> and isn't that? I, it's got to be a product from us being through so many battles on NFL so Sundays. You, you, you know, you know what it is. It's that, and it's also that our whole fanhood is just relying on like hope. Yes, right? off season sure. to draft. So Monday to Saturday is the hope. It's, yes, you know, and then our Sunday. team's going to come out doing this. I can see, I can see the Raiders coming out flying, doing yeah. this, this guy, that guy, and then right before the game, it's like. Yeah, God damn it. It's going to end just the way it always ends. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, it kind of brings us back down to uh, lowering our expectations a little bit. And it usually turns out that we're, you know, that that's exactly how it plays out. All right. Now, Jay, this brings us to the final topic of conversation here. Uh, a lot of anti-New England Patriot vitriol here in Philadelphia. The Eagles fans cannot stand uh, the Patriots. There's very little respect very little admiration, if any, and there's bona fide hatred. Um, that hatred spewed out um, yesterday and all through Super Bowl week, uh, all through Super Bowl Sunday. As a New York Jets fan and a New Yorker, between the Giants and the Jets, there's got to be a ton of anti-New England hatred there as well. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. And uh, look, I'm a I'm a diehard Jet fan. I was born into it. You know, my ever since my first memories of football, it's been all Jets, just for my family and, and loving the game. So obviously, my you know my situation's a little different than Giants fans. You know, my my team has literally kind of created this whole thing with the uh, Belichick leaving the Jets. You know, Parcells leaving the Patriots to go to the Jets, which is well documented. Belichick's supposed to replace him. He doesn't. Ends up going to New England. Mo Lewis knocks out Bledsoe, which leads him to Brady. So the Jets, you know, fingerprints are all over this whole dynasty. So I've always kind of had some animosity there. And I, you know, the whole Boston, New York thing, I can't stand the, the Patriot fans and I can't stand them. It's weird, though, that you said the Philly fans really hate the, the Patriots because most of the Giant fans I know respect the hell out of the Patriots because they've beat them twice and they've never gotten their way of accomplishing anything. So yeah, for the Philadelphia for the Philadelphia fan to hate New England, I mean they played what two Super Bowls? I mean they've only played two big games against each other in the last 20, 30 years, and the Eagles beat them, and the Patriots beat them when the Patriots were right in the middle of their dynasty, which no one thought the Eagles would win that game. So it's not like right. It's not it's not like the Patriots denied the Eagles of of greatness. I mean, yeah, they lost the Super Bowl, and Andy Reid as close as he's ever been, but. They beat them last year. What the hell? What the hell do they hate them for? It's not like they're they're stopping them from making the playoffs. Right. I mean, they don't have a big history of, of like heartbreaking defeat against them. Right now, the Raiders last uh, one of the last Raiders relevant seasons ended in travesty in the New England snow at the hands of Brady and Belichick. Yep, I hold no hatred towards the Patriots for that whatsoever. If anything. It's more me being upset with the NFL uh, office and officiating. Right. Um, right. 
and the Jets have been tormented two times a year, every year, and playoffs uh, to the, with the Patriots for the past 20 seasons. I think it's fair to say that you don't even, under those circumstances, hate the Patriots. In fact, you totally admire and a part of you legitimately likes them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy as it sounds. And, you know, my peak of Patriot hatred was, you know, the last time my team was really relevant, which was only a three-year window from, you know, 09 to 2011, really. And beating them in 2010 is still my greatest, you know, memory as a fan, the most excited I've ever been from a Jets game. But before that, after that, it's my team never really posed a, a real threat to them. You know, when they lost seven in the playoffs with Mangini in the uh, mid-2000s, that was a feel-good story Jet team that wasn't, uh, you know, it was a wild-card berth. They have no shot of winning that. They had to run with Rex where I really got into it against the Patriots. And from there on out, it's, you know, you can't, you can't hate a team that does everything the right way. I, I respect the hell out of their coaching staff. I respect the hell. I love every roster move they make. You and I talk about that every offseason. Yep. We predict they make Rex Burkhead's special teamers. They bring in guys that yep. you and I know are going to do well. Journeyman linebackers that will start yeah. on special teams and then eventually yeah. spot start and, John, and make plays. John John Simon tipping a pass in yeah. the first quarter. Yeah. On, on like a third and seven, tips a pass. Yeah. At the line. John Simon's a journeyman special teamer linebacker getting major yeah. Super Bowl snaps. Right, but but when they sign a guy like him, he worked out for the Jets a week before the Patriots signed him, and I was like, oh, he'd be a cool addition. <laughs> but but our teams, my team specifically, doesn't know what the hell to do, so they let him walk and goes to the Patriots. He makes, you know, one or two plays that matter, and I respect the hell out of the way they, you know, the way they, they pick their players, the way they handle their free agents, the way they don't overpay people, they value the right positions, and obviously Brady's a, a model American. I mean, I I can't even hate the guy. Again, my team hasn't been to war with him enough. He's kicked the shit out of us when we're good and we're bad. I, it's not a rivalry if you can't ever beat them. I'm just hoping he gets tired of winning and they just <laughs> calls it a career. But we, no, I respect we've been that. counting that res- counting that down for a long time. Yeah, and it's I mean the, the guys the guys fantastic. Their their game plans are always amazing. They they do it the right way. And as, and you're a diehard football fan just like me. And again, I I love to watch you know my team win and the rivals lose but until my team can pose a threat man this is just you know it's it's interesting to watch it's it's amazing to watch they have very little high price players and it's just great coaching great execution and it's really old school you know great football and i can't i can't hate them for that it's, no it's really hard to hate them for that i love about an hour before the game bill belichick said to one of the reporters yeah it kind of has like an army navy game feel <laughs> to it He's the man. He was just trying yeah. to give the Army Navy game some free publicity because he has Navy roots and his father does as yeah. well. But you know, yeah. no other coach in the NFL would do that. Dude, he, the, he's the he's, man. He's the man. He cracks you up at the parade a couple years ago. He's just screaming, <laughs> "No days off." There's <laughs> no less anti-celebratory term than "no days off." Yeah, just just preaching like <laughs> just back to work. <laughs> just yeah, the whole parade, yeah. the whole idea of the parade. Yeah. Yes. And he's just preaching work nonstop. <laughs> you can, I don't know. I can, I can't hate that. I know. I know America's sick of them winning, and I get it. But it's hard for me, even as a Jet fan. As crazy that is, as a New Yorker, it's it's hard for me to hate that. It really is. Would so is it inexcusable for Eagles fans to have a 
an outspoken hatred of the Patriots at this point. I would go as far as to say it's essentially inexcusable, and it's a rich person problem. It's it's idiotic. It doesn't make any sense. They're not they're not rivals. They're one and one in Super Bowls in you know what seventy years. It's not like they. The Eagles, it's like a, it's, I don't know, it's like an AFC team just despising an NFC team with no real roots to it. It's Maybe they hate them because, you know, the Patriots have won so much and they're just sick of seeing it. And I, I understand that, and that's what most of America feels. But for the Eagles specifically to try to carve out this rivalry with the Patriots, like they have to they despise them over any other AFC team, it just doesn't really make any sense. All right, there it is, VIP listeners, our Jets insider, Jay Vosberg, who frankly can talk Jets with the best of them and has some of the best insight you will find regarding that organization. Jay, thanks for joining us. I will talk to you soon, and we'll have you back on once we get locked and loaded with our Combine and Draft episodes. Yeah, Mark and Benny, thanks for having me, man. It was was fun. You got it. You are now off the mark. You know, Benny, that right there is a shining example of why I love bringing a guy like Jay on because he has that Jets insight and that New York insight that's good for, for this show, frankly. We're a national show. We're not a local show. Absolutely. I mean, it's always nice to get somewhat of an outsider's opinion. But Jay, he's an expert, man. He's an insider to us. No question about it. He studies that team on a daily basis. Frankly, Jay could work for the Jets and be an asset to them. And I actually firmly believe that. Yeah, I I would definitely buy into that. I I love Jay. I mean, he's a great guy, and I like the Jets, too, so I root for him. Yes, you do. I know you do, and we're big Sam Darnold fans here, and we're pulling for him. Something that Super Bowl taught me, or I shouldn't say taught, but uh, confirmed for me. Spending major money on your defensive line is a joke. Spending one-third of your salary cap on your defensive line is a damn joke. Let me give you guys some examples you can relate to. When the Philadelphia Eagles had to throw the ball to get down the field to beat the Bears in the wild card round of the playoffs in Chicago, Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd and that Bears pass rush was nowhere to be found against Nick Foles, Mm -hmm. who wasn't playing at the same level he was a year prior. Mm Mm-hmm. When the Patriots had to close out the game yesterday and the Rams knew they were going to run the ball, the Patriots got multiple plays, multiple running plays right up the gut with Rex Burkhead and Sonny Michelle that went for like 15 and 25 yards mm-hmm. where they ran the ball right at Aaron Donald and, and Dominican Sue. Sure. It is just not worth it to invest that money on defensive linemen in today's offensive league. Yeah, that's fair to say. Uh, I think it's all relative. I think that for the Rams, it's worked really well just with the surrounding team they have. I mean, the Rams are one of those teams that seems like they have more cap than anybody. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I I see your point. I mean, Sue obviously is going to be gone. They won't afford him. But Donald, I think, is worth paying, possibly. Mm -hmm. I mean, a guy like Donald, a guy like Mac, they can change the game. And, yeah, did it not? change Sunday's game sure but you know there's a couple of those plays where maybe Aaron Donald could have gotten that ball and the game has changed no question and Benny 
something has to be said to the Rams held that phenomenal Patriots offense to 13 points. Sure. I'm not taking anything away from it. No. But I believe that was done with good team defense and a great Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. I agree. I mean, you listen, they, uh, they're saving money in other places for sure. Right. And, you know, that can bite you in the ass, and I think it possibly did bite him in the ass in this Super Bowl. All right, gang, we hope you enjoyed our Super Bowl on the mark post-game edition. Gang, we're going to be delivering some combine content. We're going to be delivering NFL free agency and NFL draft shows and blogs. Folks, we have to do it because we have to follow the, the, the listener trail, essentially. Our football content, our sports content is getting great responses and interaction and shares. And we don't know if it's because we're on the heels of our On the Mark Senior Bowl visit or if be, because the consistency and the value of our content, the insight, it's just there for people and they appreciate it. Well, I think it's very simple when it comes down to this. The NFL community as a whole is respecting us more and thus everybody else is taking to it and seeing that the actual people in the industry are taking to us and like us and respect us and our opinions. And it grows from there. Absolutely. And I would just like to use that moment, that um, comment right there to let the VIP listeners know that the NFL communications department has authorized the On The Mark show to be a certified NFL content deliverer deliverer that's exciting and it is exciting so gang this doesn't exist without the vip listeners we're thrilled you're along for the ride but keep in mind it's not going to be all sports all the time here but when it's but when it's time to deliver sports content we do it with the best of them yeah we do you are now off the mark let me tell you these 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 players they they worked harder than any any team i've ever coached coached. they They came came to work every every day And there were no days off. No days off. No 